Now, I don't know if you've uh, been a Rocky fan. I can remember back all the way back to 1976 when that first came out, man, it just seemed like my family rallied around that movie, and maybe it's just because of the kind of people that we are. We're just, we're fighters. We've always been fighters, and what I mean by that is just fighters to get ahead in life, fighters to make things happen, and I don't know about you, but watching those movies, I always find myself getting inspired. What about you? You know, like I said, I was, I was always uh, uh, in martial arts, and so every time I watch those kind of movies, even though I've been out of it for so many years, I find myself start twitching, you know? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still got it, man. At least in my head, I still got it, you know? <laughs> and I think the reason why we like the Rocky movies so much is because in some way, we relate to the character. We relate to this individual that is really the underdog. He did not really even believe in himself when it came to fighting Apollo Creed. He just purposed to say, well, I I guess that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make some money, but I don't believe that I'm going to win. And so as a result, we relate to the story of this underdog of really rising above the circumstances and really becoming somebody that he really didn't even know that he was. And I believe that for every one of us, I know for myself, there's always something that is scratching on the inside that says there's more. Come on, there's more in here, there's more in me, there's more fight, there's more that God has for me in my life, there's more that I can see my family experiencing, and there's more desires that I have. And and we have this thought process that if it was just the perfect storm, or just the right circumstances, or if I just had a chance, I could have a fighting chance and become and be what I know is on the inside and what God has put in here. And I believe every one of us can begin to relate to that because I think and I believe, not that I think, I know that God has put things on the inside of you, and therefore, as a result, there's something that begins to scratch and says, will you fight for it? Now, in the opening clip, I said to you, I said, pay attention right from the very beginning because there's some keys in there. And if you remember, he's saying... I'll quit. I won't fight Apollo if you don't want to, honey. He says, listen, if you want me to quit fighting, I'll quit fighting. And she says to him, come here. Come closer. And he comes closer and she says, do me a favor. Win. She says, win. And that's what God has said about you and me. He's saying to you, especially in this year of 2016, he's saying, I want you to win. You may have finished last year feeling like a failure. You might feel like you never win, have won. But this year, God is telling you right from the very first Sunday, He says, I want you to win. Amen? But there's a key in what she said to Him. And it's right in the very first line of what she spoke to Him. She says, come closer. Come closer. And when He got close, He heard her say, Win. And that's the key. That's the clue. That's what we need to do. God is saying to you and me this year, come closer. Come closer. And when you come closer, you'll hear what I'm saying to you because I've been screaming. I've been telling you, win. Win. Because I sent Jesus for you to be a winner. But it's when we get close enough to the face of God that we begin to really hear him say and we begin to find something on the inside of us starting to stir and he's saying, I want you to be a winner because you are a winner. 
And even in 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, in Christ, God leads me from place to place in a processional or perpetual victory. So Paul said this, he says, since I found Christ, I have found this out, that through Christ, he has already won the victory. And in Christ, in having a relationship with him and coming close, Jesus continually leads me from one win to the next win. For, for Rocky, Rocky needed permission, if you will, to fight. And for so many of us, we have experienced life to the place where we feel like, man, I don't have any fight left in me. Or you maybe don't even feel that you're worthy to fight because you're like, God, I've let you down. But Paul says, I have already won the victory through Christ, and he continually leads me to victory. And God is saying, it's okay to stir up the fight you have on the inside of you again. God wants you to fight because he says, you are already the winner. And the victory is waiting for you. You don't have to wait for permission, but God, God so desires for you to begin to experience the victories and the wins of life. But how many of you know it takes faith to win? It takes faith to win. God already said you've won. God already said you're a winner. But it takes faith to truly believe what God has said about you, right? Because you have stuff slapping you in the face all the time, mocking you and telling you you can't win. I remember there was a, a guy when I was in, in, in junior high, we, he, he was wanting to fight me, and I think I maybe told you the story before, but a, a friend of mine that was real close to me, he kept talking to that guy. And I told him, I said, okay, we'll fight Friday. And he, I said, let's, let's, and I always did that so I could get into a mind frame and get the pep talk from my dad, and, you know, then I'd be ready to fight. But all that week long, my buddy kept talking to that Jerry. He says, did you know Tony's a black belt? He's going to kill you. He's going to hurt you. And my friend talked so much in the ear of that guy that he finally came up to me and apologized and said, hey, listen, I don't want to fight you. I really don't want to fight you. But that's what the enemy does to you and me. He talks in your ear, talks in your ear to where you feel like you don't even have a fight. You feel like you don't have the ability. You don't feel like you've already, already won the, the, the battle because you already look at or are looking at all the things that maybe you failed or messed up in. And the enemy's just chirping and sitting on your shoulder. And he, he's causing you or wanting you to get into a place where you set back in your faith. He's wanting us to get sluggish, if you will, in our faith. He's wanting us to get to a place where we just lose sight of the victory and begin to look at the potential loss. And isn't that what the devil does? He, looks, he, he talks to you about the would have, could have, should have, right? What do you get into fear about the most? The things that you don't have any control over, things that, that haven't even happened yet, but yet you find yourself getting fretful and in fear of something that didn't even happen yet right but there is something that already has happened and that's jesus won the victory for you and therefore you and i are already successes we are already victorious we are already winners amen now this next clip it's a little bit of a 
lengthier clip, if you will. But in there, there's a message. So take a look at this, and we'll come back and talk about it in just a minute. Matt, think about the fight. Think about the fight. Clubber Lang's in here. He's trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you. Okay, here he comes. Jab. He's jabbing. He's jabbing. He's trying to hurt you. You got to fight him. You got to move. you ever get into those conversations of life and say there is or I'll do it tomorrow right I don't have a fight in me in me today but I'll do it tomorrow and the enemy will continue to live in that place of tomorrow amen now there should have been a different clip there guys I don't know if we got that one can you pull that one up it should be the one of of Rocky and Adrian that's the one that should have been playing there Do we got that all right play that it was real nothing is real if you don't believe in who you are I don't believe in myself no more. Don't you understand? What if I don't believe? That's it. He's finished. It's over. That's it. That's not it. That is it. Why don't you tell me the truth? What are you putting me through, Adrian? You want to know the truth? The truth is I don't want to lose what I got. In the beginning, I didn't care about what happened to me. I go in a ring. I get busted up. I didn't care. But now there's you. There's a kid. I don't want to lose what I got. What do we have that can't be replaced? What? A house. We got cars. We got money. We got everything but the truth. What's that truth? I'm afraid, all right? You want to hear me say it? You want to break me down? All right, I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. It doesn't matter what I believe, because you're the one that's got to carry that fear around inside you. Afraid that everybody's going to take things away. Afraid you're going to be remembered as a coward. That you're not a man anymore. Well, none of it's true. And it doesn't matter if I tell you. It doesn't matter because you're the one that's got to settle it. Get rid of it. Because when all the smoke is cleared and everyone's through chanting your name, it's just going to be us. And you can't live like this. We can't live like this. Because it's going to bother you for the rest of your life. And if I lose? Then you lose. But at least you lose with no excuses. No fear. And I know you can live with that. Rocky's come to the first time in his life where he's afraid. Every other fight that he ever fought, he fought because he could see the victory. He fought going into every fight, if you will, going into the ring because he was the champion. He went in with the attitude that I am going to dominate, I am going to win. But something shifted in his life. Something changed from having... The eye of the tiger, having a heart that knew he can win. And all of a sudden, he comes to this place in his life where he says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And the shift that began to take place was he took his eyes off the victory and began to look at the successes. And the successes of life are the things that we have such a hold or a tight hold of. Maybe it's your job, maybe it's your career, maybe it's your house, maybe it's your financial stability, whatever it is. But finally, for the first time in his life, he was afraid. And what caused him to be afraid was the fear of losing what he had. Are you here this morning? 
Why is it that we lose heart in our fight? Why is it that we struggle in this faith walk? Because oftentimes we're afraid of what it's going to cost. We're afraid of what God's going to ask us. We're, We're afraid of how big the fight might be. And what if I lose what I have? What if God asks me to give up too much than I'm willing to give? And as a result, we get ourselves into a position of fear. In Amos chapter 4, or chapter 6 rather, in verse 1 and 2, it says, Woe to you who think you live on easy street in Zion, who think Mount Samaria is a good life. You assume you're at the top of the heap, voted the number one best place to live. Well, wake up and look around. Get off your pedestal. Have you ever felt like that? Like, man, I have risen to the top. I have come to the place where I have achieved success. And God says, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Anybody ride horses? I grew up having horses. And you know what you said to him to stop? Whoa. And so God says, whoa, to you. What he's saying is like, hey, stop for a minute. Pay attention. I got to tell you something. He said, you think that you've had such a good life. Well, pay attention and wake up because it is better than this. He says, I desire more for you. He says, there's more to this life than what you think you have. But I want you to trust me and live a life of faith. Paul said this. He says, I have fought the fight. I have run the race. He says, I have completed the work that God has put in my life did you realize the race that he was running you always look to the finish line you don't look at every step that is right in front of you you've got a goal in 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 sight right that is the race that is the fight that is what we're purposing to strive for is the end of the race not the daily grind in the step by step of the race but it's the victory and it's the win so let me help you if you will just for the sake of putting it into perspective or giving you an example that might drive this home for us. You know, all of us are are purposing to live life and experience God's goodness. But for the sake of the example, there's this rope. And this rope is you in your life. And this rope represents eternity. I've got more rope where I can keep walking. But this little orange part is the time that you spend here on earth. But the rest is the millions and millions and millions and millions of years of eternity that you're going to spend with God. But so many of us are focused on this little part right here. And therefore, we lose sight of the real victory, the real win. And so many of us live life to, well, if I just can experience, if I can just get to the end of the week, oh, it's been so hard. If I can, if I can just party, if I can just get with my friends, if I can just uh, uh, medicate my, my, my frustration, oh, it will be just okay. I live in for the weekend because I can't wait to get to the substance to numb the pain. And I think, dear God, really, is that all life has come to? I mean, this is life. But you're living for a weekend. Or some of you have gotten to the age to where you're looking at this point in your life. If I can get right here, then I can retire. And then once I retire, oh, it's easy street. And and, and easy street is just right here. I mean, how short-sighted. 
because we're working our life away to just get to a place of retirement when this is our life. Come on, are you seeing it? I mean, this, everything that we do right here prepares us and sets us up for eternity. Come on. And we're afraid of what it's going to cost us. We're afraid to fight the fight. We're afraid to live this life of faith because what's it going to cost me? You know, what if you, what if you just had a, a few extra dollars? I mean, I, I look at my life and I look at other people's lives and I think, really? Is that what it's come to? I think, dear God, you're crazy. You're crazy how you live your life. How you raise your kids because you're living for this right here. And people look at me and say, well, you're crazy. Look at what you do to sacrifice your family. For what? Church? No, not for church. For eternity. For eternity. Everything that I'm doing is for eternity. The way I raise my kids, the way I invest in my kids is for eternity. It's not for this little thing right here. Are you here this morning? I mean, somebody say, man, if I had $1,000, I would do this. I would buy this. Oh, I would have so much fun. Woo, come on. If I had 1000 man, I don't know what I'd do with $1,000. But I hope that my idea for some of the money that God's blessed me with would somehow affect eternity. Are you here this morning? Come on, I hope you hear that God is wanting us to truly begin to experience life. And if it's starting now, if it's 2016, that you actually begin to start living for eternity. It's not too late. You're not too old. God says it's time for a brand new start. Fight the fight. Win. But he's saying, I want you to come close. Come on, do you realize that eternity, the rewards of eternity... Come on. The Bible says that we're going to have a robe of righteousness. What I do here on this earth is going to determine how I live through eternity. And when Jordan sees me in heaven, he's going to look at me and say, Wow, look at your duds, man. You've got a robe of righteousness. Well, I know that he doesn't want to come up to me with my robe of righteousness and he has his little Speedo on. (laughs) I'm like, well, you really lived good on earth, didn't you? So all you have is a speedo. Huh? No, nobody wants that. Exactly. I know it's a funny picture. Maybe it's just a picture you don't want in your head. I'm sorry. You'll never look at Jordan playing worship up on stage the same again. Sorry. <laughs> My point is this. God, everything that we do on this earth affects eternity. But we're so short-sighted in this life that all we're trying to do is live from day to day to day. But God wants us to become aware of this fight of faith that will take us on to eternity. Can you say amen? amen. God wants us to keep moving forward. And you're going to be moving forward or you're going to be moving backwards. There is no neutral with God. I said there is no neutral with God. There's only forward motion. And if you're just sitting back saying, well, okay. Whatever will be, will be. You're actually moving backwards. Because the life of faith is always purposing to progress and move forward. Well, how do I know whether I'm in neutral or not? How do I know if, if I'm not making any forward motion or not? How do I know if I'm in that place? Here's some tells. 
if you're spiritually, emotionally, and physically exhausted or tired, then it's very good, a very good possibility that you're in neutral. If you're in fear of losing what you have, you might be in neutral. Let me ask you the question. Adrian said it to Rocky. What do we have that cannot be replaced? What do you think God would ever ask you for that he would not replace or give you better or increase you more? God will never ask you to give beyond your ability. And God will never ask you to give beyond his reward. Come on. What about my attitude? How do I know if I'm in neutral? An attitude that we see that somebody is in neutral, somebody that just simply says, well, God's in control. What will be, will be. Do you realize God never said that? God says, I expect you to move your life by living a life of faith. God's not going to move your life for you. He's not going to say, you know, many, well, God loves me. God loves never, never ending. He never fails. We sang about that this morning. So if God really loves me, he'll do this. No, he's already done everything that he's going to ever do for you. Now he said, it's up to you. Will you live a life of faith? Will you fight the fight of faith? Will you trust me and allow my love for you to move your faith? And will you fight the fight? God's desire for us is for us to continually move forward. The church, come on, I'm talking about the church as a whole. The church as a whole has allowed itself to be put into cruise control. Do you know what I mean when I talk about cruise control? Anybody have one in their car? Isn't it a sweet thing? You put it in cruise control and you coast on down the road. Set mine at about 83. No, did I say that? Did I say that out loud? <laughs> no, I don't. Used to, not anymore. Got too many, yeah. But anyways, that's another story. But the church has allowed themselves to get into in cruise control, and it's a dangerous place for us to get into. Because if we do, the cruise control can totally take you to a place where you run out of gas. You know what I mean? You can put it in cruise control and just sit back and drive down the road, and you can run your tank to empty. And spiritually speaking, if we're just in cruise control, just coasting through life, there are going to be some bumps in your life. The enemy is going to come against you. And when you need to switch into reserve, when you need to dig in and say, i got to pull from the tank so that I can fight this fight of faith, if you've just been in cruise control, you've depleted your tank and you no longer have the fight of faith because you've allowed yourself to get depleted. Amen? Are you following with me this morning? We've got a purpose to trust God. We've got a purpose to walk this life of faith. One clip here, or this next clip here, talks about what's on the inside. Let's take a look at it, and we'll come right back. What? You haven't peaked yet? Peaked? Yeah, peaked. I don't know. There's still some stuff in the basement. What basement? In here. Tell me about the stuff. What about it? Tell me about the stuff inside. Is it angry? Angry? Are you mad because Adrian left you? She didn't leave, Paul. She died. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, so, sometimes it's hard to breathe. You know, I feel like this beast inside me. It's okay, Rocco. Please, it's okay. Is it? Okay. 
I, you know, I just never knew it was supposed to be this hard. It wasn't supposed to be like this, Paul, you know. What did Rocky say? Here he's aged. He's in his latter years of his life. And he's saying, I still got stuff in me. But he's also recognized that life has been hard. Didn't, ex- didn't think that life was going to be like this. I didn't think that life was going to turn out this way. And there's things in life that happen that we say, life is hard. But all the while, Rocky is saying, I still know there's something on the inside. Right? And I don't care what life has thrown your way. It may have been unfair. It may have been unfortunate. And let me give you some wise information. Life is not fair. Life is not easy. And life will beat you up. But nevertheless, God said, I will help you live the life of faith because I love you. And I've put something on the inside of you that will help you get down the road. In fact, in 1 John chapter 14, starting in verse 1, Jesus said this. He says, let not your heart be troubled. So let's just stop and evaluate that. He says, let not your heart be troubled. So that tells us trouble's going to come your way. Are you here this morning? I said, trouble's going to come your way. You know, people might look at me, and I've had people say this to me. You know, you just smile all the time. You seem to have a positive attitude. Sometimes are be- Some days are better than the next. You know what I'm talking about. But people say, you know, you just seem like you, you don't ever have any trouble. Do you realize everybody has trouble? I have trouble. You have trouble. But regardless whether I have trouble or not, I don't let it trouble me. Come on. You're going to have trouble, but the determination is whether you fight the fight of faith and let it trouble you or not. But God says you're a winner. God wants you to stay on top. He wants you to purpose to draw close to Him. And that's what God's saying. Come close. Come close. Because you're a winner. Did you ever notice that children never complicate faith? I said, kids don't ever complicate faith. I told you about when I was a kid and I'd get into, into fights, I'd go home, and, I, and my dad, he was my coach. I'd say, Dad, okay, I here's this big guy. What do I do? And so he'd start coaching me through. He said, okay, if he comes up to you, here's what I want you to do. And as long as I purposed to stay close to Dad and Dad giving me the instruction, I was confident that when I got back to the fight, I was ready. And that's what God wants us to do is to come close so that what we see is Him face to face. And when we see him face to face, we know that we can win because he's talking to us. He's, he's building us up. But it's when we start getting further away from the Father that all of a sudden I start seeing things from a different perspective. Because I don't just see him anymore. I see everything around me. And that's why he's saying, come close. I want you to be so close that everything else around you doesn't trouble you because you can't see it. All you see is me. And therefore, you're a winner. Stay close. Stay close. How is it that I purpose to grow in my faith? How is it that I can stay close to God and win the fights of life? Number one, stay connected. And these last ones I'm going to go through are just real quick. But number one, stay connected. Where do you stay connected? One is a local church. It's your gym. I'm your Mickey, if you will. Now we're making here, right? (laughs) 
what's that one liner? I can't even say it, I don't think. I don't think it's, it's legal to say in church, but nevertheless. <laughs> lightning and thunder, you know the line. If the, yeah. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. So anyway, stay connected. How do you stay connected? You stay connected in your local church. In the local church, there's support. It's a place to refuel. It's a place to get fed. Come on, are you here this morning? There are people that are starving spiritually. There are believers that are malnutritioned and they're skinny. They're racks of bones. But there is a buffet of God's word and God's love and God's faithfulness. faithfulness, And it starts in the church. But people are living a life where they're just racks of bones. And they're starving all the while when the buffet is set before them. Number two, we got a purpose to get into the Word. The Word of God is your manual to tell you how to fight. Now, again, these are things that you've heard time and time again, and you might say, well, I've heard you say this before. I wish you'd tell me something new. Well, as soon as you start listening, I'll tell you something different. (laughs) So number two, get into the Word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, This book of the law, or this Word, shall not depart from your mouth, but shall... But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to do, to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will make your way, or you'll have good success. How did the prosperity and success come in your life? By God's word or his manual of coaching you in the fight of life. And notice it didn't say, when you do that, God makes you prosperous and God makes you successful. He says, when you do it, you've trained by getting the word on the inside of you, and you make your way prosperous, and you make your way a success. Are you here this morning? God says, come close. Did you ever notice that the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God? What do you need armor for? To fight. Exactly. Did you ever notice, in fact, you can look it up in the book of Ephesians. Did you ever notice that any of the armor that God told you to put on, there's none of it that's on the back side of you? It's all on the front side of you. Why? Because God never intended for you to back up, and he never meant for you to have a fight from your back end. He always purposed for you to move forward because that's the life of faith. To trust God and say, God, you're faithful. Can you say amen? Amen. And number three, to draw near. To draw near to have fellowship, or really we can just say in talking with God. What happens when you have fellowship with God? You get direction. Just like I'd get with my dad. Here's what my dad always told me. He said, now, don't start the fight. But if he comes, make sure you get the first one. Make sure you get the second one. And make sure you get him down. What's he saying? Don't let him come and beat you up first before you do something. If he's coming up and squaring up against you and you know it's going to be a confrontation, take him out first. Right? So when you start spending time in the fellowship with God and talking with him, he's your corner man, he's your coach, he's your helper, he's your trainer, and he's going to say, hey, enemy's coming. Get the first punch in. Hit him hard. Hit him first. Hit him fast. Right? You're going to get direction. Secondly, You'll have inside information, meaning that he's going to tell you what's up, what's coming. And then in there also is provision. When you have fellowship with God, 
all that you have need of for this fight of faith is there. Well, I need money. It's there. Well, I need restoration in my marriage. It's there. Well, you don't know what she does and what she, what she says and how she treats me. It's in there. Quit looking to the person and blaming the person. It's in there. Oh, you mean God's going to talk to me? Yeah, he's going to talk to you. Meaning how you going to act. How you going to fight. Not, he says, fight the good fight. He didn't say get mean and ugly with your spouse. Fight the ugly fight. He said, fight the good fight. The fight of faith. And how does faith work? By love. Oh, dear God, we've got to talk about love. Oh, yeah, come on. Again, that's a whole other sermon. What's, what are we talking about? In 2016, God's saying, I want you to come close. Because you're a winner. And you're going to win this year. I want you to draw close. If you'll allow yourself to get close, God's going to ask you some questions. I'll come back and I'll finish up or conclude with that question. But let's take a look at this last clip. You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Come on, can you hear God saying that to you? It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how you get hit but get back up. And life is hard. Life's not easy, and this life of faith is not easy. Did you hear me? I said, this life of faith isn't easy. That's why God says, fight the good fight of faith. But here's the question, and I'm going to leave you with this thought. Whenever we purpose to step over into faith and begin to trust God, He's going to begin to ask you a question, and that is, what are you believing for? If you can't answer that question, then you're not in faith. I'm not, I didn't say you're not a Christian. I'm talking about living the life of faith. Faith means that you're believing and trusting God. Now, you may say, well, I, I need a new car. I need a new house. Hey, that's all well and good. But remember, we looked at the rope. And the rope isn't about this little orange area. It's about eternity. What are you believing God for? In your life, that will change your life and somebody else's for eternity. Your kids, 
your family, your spouse, your church, your community. What are you believing God for? Best purpose this year to believe God for some big things. Not just for ourselves, but to totally make a difference. Next week begins our new series. It's called Shift. And we're going to talk about the direction that God has set for us this year. It's going to be about a new me, a new you, a new church. We're going to see God do some awesome things. You might want to postpone your trip because it's going to be good next week. Oh, YouTube, there you go. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. The enemy is going to do everything he possibly can do to come against you spiritually, emotionally, physically. And he's going to challenge everything that you did good in the past. And he's going to try to make things look so bad that all the accomplishments of the past are not even remembered. But you stand here today everything has gotten you to this place right now in this time in this season the good the bad and the ugly it's gotten you here right now and this day is a good day to choose what the rest of this year is going to look like I'm choosing to live a life of faith I'm trusting God I'm choosing that this year is not going to be a year that lives just for the here and now but begins to have a perspective of the finish line and what eternity looks like I'm praying for you I'm praying for your families and I'm praying that we're going to do this journey together and if you stick with me if we hang tight together we win I'm going to pray over you just as we dismiss. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual. I thank you for the fortitude, the strength, the anointing, and the power on the inside of us to live for you like there's no tomorrow. I thank you, God, that we're drawing close. And even when we feel like we're getting behind or we're stumbling and falling. God, I thank you that the support of the local church picks us up together and we run together arm in arm, hand in hand not one left behind and God, I thank you that as we draw close to you we win in Jesus' name and rather than saying amen, I want you to say this with me say, we win God bless you. Remember, we have Wednesday night service. Listen, I realize so many of you last year were busy and you've been wanting to be Wednesday night. Listen, start off 2016, come to Wednesday night midweek service. 6.30, see you there, all right? All right, God bless you.